You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Isaiah chapter 55. Hallelujah. We have been talking about prophesy your victory. Not just have an unction by the Holy Spirit to continue along those lines. Because one thing that I've noticed, how the enemy uses fear. If you think about how fear works, how come fear can be successful? What is the purpose of fear? Remember, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. A sound mind, not a confused mind. Not a split decision mind. Not a decision place where you're standing at a fork road and wondering, do I go right or do I go left? And in, we also are told that God is love, that love casts out all fear. Love casts out fear. So where there's fear, that means love has not filled us to overflow. God is love. He's in you. But we want His presence to fill us to a place where it casts out all fear. In other words, there must be no fear, absolutely no fear. So what does fear do? What's the purpose of fear? We look at that sound mind. The whole purpose of fear is to get us into a place where we are confused. That's why this morning we were having a look at how to recognize the voice of God. Because if God speaks to you clearly, without doubt, then there is absolutely no fear because God said go. I mean, Peter, when, when, when Jesus said to him, come, if that's you, Lord, tell me, come. And Jesus said, come. Do you notice he stepped onto water? I mean, who does that in their right mind? I mean, you know, if you're thinking about this thing and analyzing, that's where the word says, lean not on your own understanding. Because as long as you try and analyze it, you're going to think that's water. I mean, you want to first figure out how Jesus is doing it. No, he just stepped out on the water. He got out on the water. And then what happened? The waves and the wind. Did the, the Bible doesn't say the wave and the wind came up. It said that he now saw the waves and the wind. So they could well have been there before. But it didn't bother him until he was out there on the water. And then all of a sudden, he sees the wave and the wind. And then the Bible says he begins to sink. Now, do you really think it's the waves or the wind that caused him to sink? In other words, if it's a really quiet day, then you can walk on water. It wasn't the way. The waves and wind had no bearing on whether you can or you can't walk. What it did is it invoked fear because the moment that fear is there then what happens is it contaminates that faith the faith is still there it wasn't like faith ran out because Jesus said look on me and the moment he got his eyes back on Jesus he came back up on the water and they could walk back together so the faith was still there but it was blocked by the fear so the whole idea behind fear is to get you out of the realm of the spirit into the realm of reasoning, into the realm of thinking. 
And as long as he can get us there, start reasoning, thinking. If you think about it, all the, the false media out there, everything that's out there, all the, you know, should we, shouldn't we, uh, whether we, the, you know, all the conspiracy theories, you know, everything that's, that's been put out around this virus, for example, it, it, it is all, if you think about it, the, all the bad news, where the confusion's coming, it's all around fear. You could die from this. You could die from that. If you don't, yeah, you will die. If you do, yeah, you will die. If you go over there, you will die. If you go over yeah, you will die. If you're here, you're there, you're not, you go, well, where must I go? If I take it, I die. If I don't take it, I die. If I don't. Can you see the confusion? It's the whole fear concept. And as long as we're in fear, we're not listening for the Holy Spirit. We're not having him lead us. And Jesus said the purpose you were, he's sending the Holy Spirit is because he's got so much to tell us that we could, it's just, he says, you can't bear it now. I have so much to tell you, but in your natural state as a flesh without being born again, living just in a body as a dead spirit, we were all dead in our sin. He says, you can't receive what I have. But when I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit. So the moment you're born again, your spirit is recreated in the image of God, born again, a new species of being, and God himself, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell within you. And he said, and he will reveal to you things to come. He will teach you all things. He'll remind you of what you've been taught. So he's going to guide you to make the right decision. So when you're standing there confused, do I, don't I, then I need to realize I need to get back to what God says because the things that God has prepared for you goes beyond anything you can imagine. We saw this morning, eyes not seen, ears not heard, what God has prepared for you. But He's given His Holy Spirit for it. I can tell you when I went into the ministry for the first time and I knew what was involved. I mean, you look at it from the outside, you think, yeah, okay, maybe I can do that. And then God calls you and puts you and you the first time up on the platform on your own. Now, all of a sudden, you got to trust God for this and trust God for that. Before that, I was working for Apostle Theo and he made sure salaries were there every month and he made sure that there was a message on Sunday and he made sure that I had an office. But now, all of a sudden, you're out there on your own and you realize, I can't do this on my own. It's no longer me. It's got nothing to do with me. He's building his church. And that's true for each and every one of us. Whatever God's called you to do, whatever your aspect of ministry is. And don't just think of the fivefold ministry. I'm talking about our kings as well. Those that God has called to provide and supply for the call of God. That God has called you to do great things, great plans. Say amen. amen. And so he has prepared you. And he says here, verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, Isaiah 55. Nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, family of God, God's not saying that to sound elitist. He's saying, stop worrying about your thoughts. Come on up to my thought. Come up to my ways. Stop allowing that poverty mentality to slow you down. Stop allowing that defeatist attitude to keep you back. Stop allowing fear to dictate your next step. Because if Jesus is saying, get out on the water, it's time to step out on the boat and run. Never mind, walk. I want to see everything God's called me to do. 
manifest. How you say amen? And verse 10, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but they water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sown, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What's God saying? I don't speak for no reason. The fact that I said it is because I want it. That's where I've said it before and I'll say it again and again. Stop apologizing for the word of faith. We are not telling God what to do. Anyone that ever tries to put it on you, that faith and the message of faith and those faith bunch over there, it's just, you know, we telling God what to do. He's supposed to be the sovereign God and yet we acting like little gods all telling Him what to do. Then you don't understand faith. Then you have never sat down and listened to somebody actually teach the actual faith. You might have heard some rinky-dink, some other, oh, please forgive me, I'm not calling anybody names. Did I call a name? Did I say a name? No, okay, so we, and so we... I'm talking about somebody that gets up and has got some weird thing to say, but without any scripture backing. I mean, there's some bad doctrine out there. I get that. But don't put everybody that's teaching the word of faith under that same umbrella because Paul even said, this is the word that I preach, the word of faith. And so it's understanding when you're talking about faith, it's not that we came up with the idea of being prosperous. Are you the health and wealth? I didn't come up with that. I don't wake up one morning and say, I want to be healthy and I want to be wealthy. Yeah, but that's the flesh. Where from? Go read your Bible. Health was God's idea. Wealth was God's idea. Sickness, disease, poverty, it's all under the curse. Read your Bible. And so even people that want to be rich without God, it's still based in fear. Make more money, 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 make more money. How much you got? Three million. But I need to make more, make more, make more, make more. How many you got now? I'm close to a billion. Well, how much more do you need? You couldn't spend that money in a lifetime. They worked out, and I won't name names, but they've got certain people who are very wealthy. And they say that if, if, if they're walking down the road and they see $1,000 lying on the floor, it's going to cost them more to stop and pick it up. In other words, the time they took to pick up the $1,000, they've actually made more than that in their investments. That $1,000 is just change. In other words, they can't outspend themselves. The investments are just money, 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 money. So why are they still chasing it? Because it's fear-based. It's fear-based. And that's why when the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, He adds no sorrow with it. Whether I've got a million rand or one rand, I can still get the job done. Because it's not based on what's in my account. I am rich. I don't check my bank to make sure I am. Have you say amen to that? And so understanding that, when you get that concept, God came up with the idea of you being healthy. He sent, he sent His Word to heal. Did He say that? He sent His Word to heal, and He said, My Word will do what I sent it to do. Because that's what pleases me. You heard Pastor Samuel early on. God is pleased in the prosperity of His servant. He came up with the idea of prosperity. There's Abraham minding his own business, and God calls him and says, I am El Shaddai, 
and I'm going to bless you and bless your family and I'm going to make your name great. And he's going, oh, okay. He didn't go to God and ask for it. But because he believed, God accounted it as righteousness. That's faith. Believing God is and that he is a rewarder. Believe that? God says, that's faith that pleases me. Why? Because I said it, you believed it. See, that's the difference. It's not using faith to try and get stuff done. It's saying, God, I believe you've already got it done. Now I'm receiving it. That's faith. It's saying, I hear you. I see your word and I've heard the word and I believe that word. And so now I'm coming into agreement. Because if you sent it to do its job, it's going to do its job. Amen. So you can have a look. We had a look at Isaiah 49, uh, 46. And that was what uh, Pastor Samuel read earlier on. But of course, he, he, he's under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And we spoke last week and said, well, why not use it tonight as well? That's what I love about the man. He learns something, he goes for it. Amen. Look at verse 9. Remember former things of old? I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me. And I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, and the man who executes my counsel from a far country, indeed, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. What's God saying? If there's no one to carry out what I want, I'll get a bird to do it. If no one wants to obey me, a bird will. There's Elijah out by the brook chatter. And there was no one that got the idea they should partner with the man of God. There's that one woman who partnered with Elisha. Remember, every time he came through town, she had her husband build him a room and set it up nicely for him. She fed and looked after him. She partnered with him. But Elijah, he's out on the field. No one's there. No one's blessing him. No one's looking after him. No one's feeding him. God says, that's fine. I'll send ravens. Now, you need to understand God does nothing by accident. There's types and shadows. If you know what a raven is, a raven is actually a thief. Where do you think it got the bread from? They don't bake. The raven by nature is a thief. But God says, you stole a loaf of bread? i got a man of God that needs that. Off you go. Take it to the man of God. He needs that. Oh, come here stealing and think you can just get away. They're thieving. See, that's where the word says what the thief has stolen, he has to restore sevenfold over. You see, you don't need to have brother big bucks to look after your ministry. God will, you know, if, if God needs the job done, then the guy who just robbed the bank, God says, uh-huh. Go lay down at the church's door. Go, go now, go. Say amen. amen. 
He says there, if, if I want something done, he'll put the instruction out. Now, here's the key. If God wants a job done and he asks you to do it, react quickly. Obey him. Why? Because there's a blessing to obedience. But don't get the idea God only needs you. I, I, was, I was prophesied one day. Prophet, we all want to hear the prophet, isn't that right? Prophet comes places packed, packed. Standing room only, prophets in town. Why? Because he's going to talk to us. So the man of God tells me, stand, and he starts speaking. And I'm, I'm blessed. I know how prophets work. I'm not. Next moment he says, and God says, you are not his first choice. Now talk about a humbling statement. You are not his first choice. You think God said, I need a pastor in Somerset West. Call Alan Bagg. He's on front of the queue. Uh-uh. He'd called a whole bunch of people before. So because they did not step up, God says, I'm, I still, my plan will be done. And I'm looking for someone that will say yes. And I'll call the next one and the next one and the next one. And when I heard that, you're not God's first choice. I said, well, then I'm on point. I will not be the fifth and sixth one. And then someone else comes after me. No, if, if, if I weren't first choice, then I'm also not last choice. I'm not so dumb to not figure that out. Put the pride aside, then I'm not God's last choice, but I will make myself the last choice. I will always be on point and I will always obey. Why? Because I see the blessing in obedience. The point I'm making is, no matter what God's called you to do, if the person he actually called to supply doesn't do that, God will find some other way to get it to you. Are you trusting God for something? It's on its way. It is on its way. See, God has the whole of heaven geared up to make this happen. Now, how does that happen? Come and have a look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Now, I mentioned this briefly last week. I want to show it to you from the Word because it's so important that you see this and you believe it. So God has said he'll even get a bird to do it if, you, if no one's listening. Why? Because he wants it done. God will, listen, God is not a man that he would lie. There's not one word that God says, and then you go to him and say, now, God, you said, yeah, I know, but I couldn't find anybody. Please, please forgive me. No, he doesn't do that. We can do that. Isn't that right? We say, I'll be there at five o'clock, and then you arrive half past five. Oh, was the traffic. No, God doesn't do that. He says five o'clock. Boom, he's there, five o'clock. And you get over the traffic. Are you with me? So, God's saying he's not a man that he would lie. If he's given his word, he will make sure it happens. So how does he make sure it happens? Look at verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels. Everybody say angels. His angels excel in strength. Family, renew your mind to the angels of God. These are not little fat babies with bows and arrows singing songs on a cloud. When angels showed up to people, they fell on the floor, started to worship it. And angels said, whoa, 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 don't, don't. He's God. Don't, don't worship me. 
Angels are huge. I've had people come and tell me they've seen my angel. When I preach, they say they've seen him. I haven't yet seen him. So I can only go by eyewitness. But they say he stands way above me. That's just one. That each one has a personal angel. You have a personal angel assigned to you. Didn't Jesus say, if you try and hurt any of my children, the angels are watching? They assigned to that child. Everyone. And then not only that, based on your assignment, you've got other angels. There's messenger, messenger angels. There's warring angels. Michael oversees that. Gabriel oversees the messaging angels. They are huge. That's why when Elisha was standing there and his servant comes out after sleeping that night, he walks out and there's a whole army surrounding them. And he panics. He runs back in. <laughs> Elisha, the, the, the army is, yeah, a whole huge army come to kill us. Elisha looks and says, no, there's more than us and them. One, two. There's more than us than them. He says, open his eyes. And there are angels all around. His angels excel in strength. Family, you are never alone. God will never leave you nor forsake you. You've got God Almighty with you. Not only that, right now in this room, there are more angels than people. In your house, there are more angels. There are angels. When I go to sleep at night and I stand before God, I, will, I lock my door in the natural. Click, the lock goes. But I say, Father, there is an angel standing at every single door, every window, every pillar, every post. They surround our fences. They line our whole roof. I, if, if you could see in the round nations, there's just angels all over. You can't see my house. I get in my car. I don't drive out my, my driveway without saying, Father, thank you. Angels are surrounding this car, protecting it, keeping me safe wherever I go. All of a sudden, angels come and, and surround that vehicle. They fly ahead of you. That's why it's good to keep the speed limit. Because an angel won't break the law. He flies 120. You go 140. Nah, just pulling your leg. God will even protect you in our stupidness. Isn't that right? But don't break the law on purpose. Point I'm making is there's always angels. Everywhere you go, wherever you are, there are angels. You've got to renew your mind to this. And notice it says, His angels excel in strength. They are warriors. Now, how do they operate? Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word. Listen to this. Heeding the voice of His Word, bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His who do His pleasure. Why does He send His Word? To accomplish what He pleases. And His ministers are there to do His pleasure. In other words, they minister, they work. 
That's what minister means, administer. In other words, God ordains it with a word. Now he needs somebody to carry it out. You see, it's the same way that when a CEO has a vision for a product, he doesn't actually go and make it in the warehouse. You express the vision, and then the team goes into action to produce it. So God says, this is what I do. This is what I expect. And then he releases that word, and he's got these ministers that will carry that pleasure out. Now, what are they responding to? Is it God who says, now go? Well, it says, yeah, they heed the voice of his word. That, that's very important. I want you to underline the voice. Because it doesn't say that he will heed the word. It could have just said the angels heed the word of God. Because if God speaks, that's his word. But it says they will heed the voice of his word. Now, how does that work? Come to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Everybody say ministers. Put it this way, say administrators. Verse 1. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. He's heir of all things. How many of you are Christ? How many of you belong to Christ? Say this, Paul said, if I am of Christ, I'm of Abraham's seed. Not only that, I'm an heir of Christ and a co-heir. So whenever you see Jesus inherit, you say, me too. So he made everything through the worlds who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Notice he upholds all things by the, not by his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. God is all powerful. So when the earth was void and without form, the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the earth. Notice nothing happened. But when the word was spoken, light be, boom, the power went into action. Now light manifests and creation begins. So his word upholds everything. The word of his power. Everybody say the word of his power. God healed them with a? Word. He cast out the demons with a word. He, uh, Cornelius was told that uh, Peter would come and give him the words by which he may be saved. Everybody say words. Now, it goes through describing Jesus and verse 5, to which the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I've begotten you. And he comes down to verse 7, and of the angels, he says, he'll make his angels spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. Everybody say ministers. That's that administration again. And then he keeps going down, and he says in verse, talk about Jesus being set up, your throne, O God. Verse 8 is forever and ever. And then he gets to verse 13, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? 
Which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand? Which is what he spoke to Jesus. So Jesus was ordained by God to sit at the right hand as the seat of authority. Doesn't Paul say in Ephesians that when you died, you died with Christ? And then you were raised with him? And then, where? Seated where? In heavenly places where? In Christ, where is that? At the right hand of the Father. To which of his angels did he ever say, sit at the right hand? He said it to you. He's given you that authority. You get to sit on the throne in Christ. His angels don't. His angels only get to fly around and, and look at him and worship him. The closest they get to God is to fly around him. You get to sit in him. Okay? I want you to understand. Because people have this idea that angels are something superior. I want you to see where the angels are. Like someone say, oh, God needed another angel in heaven, so he took that person. That's a demotion. You're not of the angelic force. Now, understand when you, when you endure to someone, that, that's my angel. I, I understand endearment, like darling or whatever. But, you know, that's like saying, you're my puppy. Which some people do. Hey, puppy. Isn't that right? What's a puppy? It's a doll. I understand terms of endearment. But understand, you're not... You're not promoted to be an angel. An angel is a servant. You're a son. Family, the word of God is clear. It says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 3 that we will judge angels. Angels don't judge us. God judges us. We judge angels. Do you get the hierarchy? You've got to understand this. Because when you get this... You understand. Now, the difference is, this is not a dictatorship. We, we, we minister through love. It's not like I get, you know, go do this for me. No, we are ministers of love. We're ministering God's pleasure. Now, God's given angel. He says, I've given this word for my sons and daughters. I want this to happen. I, I, I've said I will provide their need. But I need the stuff to get to them. So I need a force of being a species, a group of, I want to use the word people, but they're not people. You understand the spirits. But they are individuals that will actually carry out the work to do for my sons and daughters what they can't do in the spirit realm. You see, you may not know what to do. You may not know where to fetch it, how to carry it, but the angel does. And it says here, verse 14, are they, what? The angels, not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister, look at this, for those who will inherit salvation. Not minister to. To minister for. Underline the word for. What's minister for? See, when you go to a restaurant and a waiter comes to you and says, what do you want to eat? You look at the menu, isn't that right? It is written. That's what frustrates me when you say, can I please, you, you, haven't you read a menu before and you get a taste for something? No, 
I want that. And you're already tasting it. And then they come over and they say, can I read here the menu? And we got, no, 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 but we don't have this and we don't have that. And they, they cross off everything you wanted. My question, why is it on the menu? Why give me a taste for it? Now, <laughs> that's what I wanted. Yeah, but we, you could have this. That's not what I wanted. If it's written, I want it. See, God, when he puts it in his menu, he doesn't go, oh, no, we don't have that today. Lord, can I have healing? No, no, that's sold out. I only heal five people on a day, and the five got the healing. They, they got in early. The, the first lunch group, the lunch finished the menu. But it's supper time now. Yeah, but lunchtime, they, they ate all the, all, all, all the beef rolls gone. Sorry, all the healing was used up today. If God says he provides your need, he's got a warehouse that you can't imagine. It is exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think. And so when you say to the waiter, this is what I want, what does the waiter do? Well, go get it yourself. No, the waiter, there's, there's, they, they, they know they're there. They don't feel like, I'm just, everyone tells me what to do and I've got to go do the stuff. And I'm well, why are you a waiter? Get a job that you enjoy doing. But you get a good waiter. Man, they will, they, you ask for something, they'll bring you that plus more. And we serve angels that know that our God is exceeding abundantly above. What you ask for, they will bring plus more. Plus more. Plus more. Plus more. They, 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 you want something? They're just waiting. Angels, oh, you got to get a hold of this. What are the angels called to do? There it is. Minister for those who will inherit salvation. Who's that? That's you. So you got an angel waiting. And most Christians don't know this. And all they're doing is they walk around. I'm not sick. I'm so sorry. I'm not broken. But hallelujah. I love Jesus. And one day I'll go to heaven. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, come Jesus. Just come please Jesus. And the angels are looking like, oh yeah. I've been assigned to you. I, have you ever got bored? Why? Because you want to do something there's nothing to do. How do you think an angel feels? The only reason he exists is to serve you and you never give him instructions. How bored some Christians' angels must be. <laughs> hearing the moaning and the complaining and they're looking like, are you reading the same Bible we read? They're waiting. They are waiting. Didn't Jesus say whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven? Whatever you loose on earth is loosed? Listen to the order. He didn't say what's bound in heaven will be bound on earth. He said what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. In other words, heaven responds to earth's command. The voice of the word is you. You are that voice. The angels are waiting to hear your instruction. And they've been commanded by God to do what you say. 
Now with that in mind, you'll understand Mark chapter 11. What did Jesus say? Remember that he spoke to that fig tree? And he said, no one eat fruit from you ever again. And it withered up at the root. And Peter was shocked by that. Lord, <laughs> the tree listened to you. And Jesus responds in verse 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Listen to this. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, whoever, whoever hears me now, put your hand up. Bump your name and say, that's me. There I am. In the book. Whoever, say me, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now that's not some new age guru that came up with that. That's not Christian science that came up with that. That is Jesus, your Savior speaking. Now I want to ask you, how many of you have ever tried to move a mountain physically? Never mind move a hill. I mean, if you've got a pile of gravel and you've got to take it from the backyard to the front yard, you know you're in for a lot of work. If you're on your own. So how are you going to move a mountain? Jesus says, there's no sweat involved. No sweat. You don't even have to find yourself a shovel. You sound say to that mountain. You speak and you release words. And you tell what you want that mountain to do. I'm commanding you to be removed from where you are and cast in the sea. Now listen to his wording. And he says that as you speak that, whatever you say, you believe the things you say will be done, you'll have whatever you say. Now I want to get something through to you and I trust you'll hear what I'm saying. Because if you're not listening, based on what I've shared now, you should get it. But I want you to hear it's very subtle, the difference. We believe that if you speak to the mountain, tell it to be removed, cast in the sea, don't doubt in your heart, believe the things you say. I believe if God says I'm healed, then I'm healed. If God says I'm provided for, I'm provided for. Then you will have it. That is what Jesus is saying. But it's also in there. If you believe, if you believe that when you speak, your words work, then you have what you say. Did you, did you hear? I don't know if anyone's still sitting there, oh, but that sounded the same. It's very close. I'm not just talking about, I believe God can do this. Do you believe that if you spoke, that your words would do what you said? Do you believe that? Then why would a Christian say, I'm sick? Why would a Christian say, I'm depressed? Because you believe you have what you 
saying. Your words work. Do you believe if you spoke those words are actually going to happen? I'll go to hell. What did you just say? Because there is precedent. When Korah was coming against Moses, God basically said, step back. And the earth opened. And they were delivered straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. Boom. They didn't even go via the grave. Straight down. Bang. Hello. Can you see why angels are held back? If we keep sprouting stuff, God says, I can't turn the power up. I can't give a child, a baby, a gun loaded with bullets. I can't give them a power drill plugged into the socket. I have to train you how to use it first. When you know how to use it, then we put the power on. Do you really believe that when you say something, it'll happen? That's implied in there. You have to believe. If I speak, it's done. I'm not waiting on God anymore. He's already done it. He's already said it. And my angels are waiting to find somebody that says, now I believe it's done. Angels, go do it. Carry out the will. Go fetch that money. Go bring it to me. Get the, get, I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you get it to me. If you have to have a dog find someone's lunchbox full of money and bring it to me. But go and fetch it. And you believe you have what you say. You will have it. Amen. How many of you are on Bible college? And you've heard Apostle Theo speak about the time he went with me. I took him to a restaurant. Have you heard that? And he, and he ordered the crayfish thermidor. Remember that? Well, I'm a disciple and I learned. I was there. I watched it. And so I, like, I, can, I learned something, yeah? You have what you say. What well, was a few months later or years? I don't remember exactly how long. But then uh, Prophet Ed Trout came to minister. And I said to him, I want you to experience this restaurant. Come with me. We're going to go have. And I was telling him all about the crayfish thermidor as well, how much Apostle Theo enjoys it. And Vrachis, our order, the waiter comes. Can I have the crayfish thermidor? Sorry, sir. Crayfish are finished. <laughs> really? It's on your menu. But I believe I have what I say. I said, yes, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to your storeroom. And you have a chest freezer. There's a chest freezer there? Yes. Open your chest freezer. You're going to find in the corner, the back right-hand corner, there are two ice cream boxes in the corner. The waiter's looking at me. I said, lift those ice cream boxes. And underneath them, is my crayfish. The waiter's looking at me like, where did you come from? So he takes everybody else's order and says, I'll let you know. He goes back. He comes back and he's white in the face. 
he says there were actually two ice cream boxes there, and I picked up, and there's a crayfish in the corner. He says, do you have inside information? I believe when I speak, I have what I say. I actually believe my words work. See, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what I did. I saw my apostle do it. I did the same. Got the same results. Why? Because I believed it. It's not, let me try that. No, then it doesn't work. Amen. There are things that I have to admit. My faith level's not there. It's not like you go around, boom, boom, just make things happen. Now, I want that screen over there. Move. Yeah. It's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. You know your faith is at a certain level. But there are times when you need to speak. And your faith will come up to that challenge. But you have to know, when you say something, it happens. Amen. And family of God, I'm telling you, you're going to see your angels go into action like you've never seen before. How many are you ready to set your angelic force into action? Come on, give Jesus praise. You get something today? Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say this, today I heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. From this day on, I choose to act on that word. I see that I have an angelic force, a whole army of angels waiting on the word of God. That when I speak, Angels go into action to carry out the pleasure and will of God. And His pleasure and His will has already been revealed to me in His Word. I take the Word as an instruction, as a menu item that God already ordained. And when I speak it, the ministering spirits go into action. Angels go out. To make this word happen. Because when I have spoken, I believe my words work. God makes sure. He's given angels to make sure that my words accomplish what God put the words in me to speak, to carry out His will, His good pleasure. Therefore, I have what I say. I have what God said in Jesus' name.